Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Has a man entered the chat? Counting crows has, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really inclusive of you to have men on your list. She's she and I'm me. Not me. Not a whiny. Yo, 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 yo. God, what is your childhood trauma? I am a cocksucker. Hello. Your life's going down the toilet. Eugene, some surrender. Welcome to Like a Virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Damu. And I'm Fran Torado. And this is our first ever Patreon exclusive bonus episode. Rose, like, what can the virgins kind of expect from our Patreon? Well, Fran, (laughs) funny you should ask. Funny you should ask. We are going to be doing stuff that is still sort of around the conceit of the show. Like, we are going to be doing deep dives into formative pop culture that we love, but I think it's going to be a little more structured. We'll revisit topics we've already covered, and then we're going to do things that are a little bit more freeform and, like, more intimate. We'll be doing, like, chit-chatty episodes. And then also, Patreon is going to be the official home of... Rose's Book Corner. Do, 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 do. Yes, the music. Yes, so you'll be able to come here if you are following along with what I'm reading and hear us talk about it. And the part that is at the end of this episode with Tommy Dorfman is exclusive to Patreon. It will not be airing in the episode that eventually goes up with Tommy. Also, we might have some Patreon-exclusive guests like producer Phoebe. Yeah, Phoebe's being very mommy-dommy. Phoebe wants all of her commentary behind a paywall. Um, that's, that's what she likes. So today we're going to start off with something that you've been sliding into our DMs about. We're going to discuss the season finale of The Last of Us and sort of just the way the season wrapped up because I don't think you and I have really checked in about it um, in a bit. 
Um, well, let's so, be clear. Yesterday, I tried to talk about the season finale of The Last of Us, and you said save it for the Patreon. <laughs> Listen, I we already we already talk so much that sometimes it's best to keep things fresh no, and no, on air. No, important context, honestly, is that Rose and I had been working very hard for like an uninterrupted three hours um, on our season two uh, announcement and everything that comes And by the it. time you left, I was like, get out of my house, get out of my house. I was like literally sitting on the couch reading fan fiction, <laughs> waiting for you to leave. <laughs> it must also be said that you were, you were waiting to get your back broke. Um, uh, um, I was not waiting to get my back broke. I was waiting to break someone else's back, which I did. <laughs> Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, another that's another thing you might get. Yeah, um, a Patreon, Patreon exclusive is, is, is our more, sex lives. Talk about our sex lives because I only feel comfortable talking about that behind a paywall. Because mm. honestly, some I love the virgins and especially the rosebuds, but sometimes the things you ask for um let's just uh check ourselves when it comes to the parasocial relationships girlies <laughs> and that's the thing is like rose would love rose and i would love to respond to like the dms we would love to respond to all the mentions um but if you subscribe to our patreon it is a great way or if you're already here if you've arrived um it is a great way to get our attention Faster, quicker, better, right? Yes, by paying for it. By paying um, for it. So <laughs> let's talk about the Last of Us finale. Um, what did you feel generally about the the end of the season from the Storm Reed flashback episode on? As much okay, from Storm Reed, Phenom loved Bella's kind of queer backstory. What's the character's name again? Ellie. Ellie. Love Ellie's queer backstory. Um, maybe the most heartbreaking episode, I think. And I also, obviously, the baby girl episode, transcendent. I mean, when we when we have arrived on the scene and we now understand the full arc of the word baby girl and why Pedro has decided to kind of finally adopt her as her daughter, the energy in the finale, like, really shifted for me. Like, they're father-daughter dynamic was, like, uninhibited and clear. And I, I did enjoy this kind of, like, shift from beginning to end. Um, the finale was really unsatisfactory to me. It was dramatically wonderful. It was complex. I liked the themes that it brought up. But, like, it was 43 minutes. And I was like, and when they finally got to their, you know, spoiler, to their sanctuary, I was like, okay, like, Give me another 10 minutes. I just wanted another 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we do have to say spoilers, obviously, for The Last of Us finale, the whole season. Um, I get what you mean. I do also think the finale could have been a little bit longer. But Mm. I really appreciated the way that it it wrapped up the the story so succinctly Mm. and it was very sparse in a way Mm. um i really enjoyed the back half of the season i did feel like the there was a lull around the the middle of the season Mm. and um i didn't even like the flashback episode was good for me but i wasn't obsessed with it like it was it was fun um but i also it wasn't like, it wasn't a standout to me in the way that, you know, like, the gay episode was. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the penultimate episode. 
Um, and like, obviously, like the baby girl moment is great, but for me, I really liked even more than that um, how creepy it was of Ellie being captured, um, and then see her having to save herself um, and be really competent through, you know, kind of her own wiles and also the skills that she's picked up from Joel and how, you know, like Joel is presented as this very like capable killing machine who's like very emotionless by the time he meets Ellie. And he obviously has like instilled a little bit of that in her, but you see at the end of that episode how much it costs her to be like him. And I think that's kind of the place that she's at in the beginning of the finale where like you clearly see that some of the spark that she had has died a little bit and she almost like kind of gets it back a little bit the scene with the giraffes is was very cute and then they start like looking in her pun book again um and then they're captured and it's it's all downhill from there and also is very um from what i've read like that is exactly what happens in the Mm -hmm. video game and i also felt like that whole episode it's never felt more like an adaptation of a video game, not in a negative way, yeah, in a but way. like when he's like going on his murder spree throughout the hospital, you know, shooting people and then like taking their guns to use, like that's very video game, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it really does put you in like the, the space of this like first person shooter game. And it's, I don't know. There's been a lot of discourse online about how about the morality of what Joel does, and like if he should, ha- if he's like dooming the world, you know, for one person, blah blah blah. I don't know. Where do you stand on all of that? I, I mean, I loved what was lifted from the video game. I the giraffes from the video game. Like even I was watching like um some com- like side by sides of the video game and the finale and. Even the line where he, when he kills the the Firefly leader, damn, what's her name? I can't remember. When he, Marlene. Mar, when he kills Marlene on the floor in cold blood, and it's like, you just come after her. Like, oh, that to me was maybe the darkest point of Pedro's killing spree, and... I think I, I, I liked how complex it was. I like that he's a killing machine. I like that we don't get this kind of like morally perfect ending. I just wish it wasn't the finale because that's so much suspended tension to to put into the final episode and and in the in the episode's like final minutes when Ellie says, Promise me that this is true, and he lies to her face, and you see in Ellie's face that she just kind of, she doesn't believe him at first. And then she just like kind of forces herself to believe him. It's just a lot of icky feeling for, for like how I wanted to feel, I guess in the end. And you know, that's, that's fine. I I honestly don't mind feeling that way. I just like wish that we, as I said, had a denouement. You know what I mean? I wanted a a, a little, like 10 minutes to like ramp down, or I wanted a completely new conflict to like come in and cliffhanger us. Um, yeah, uh, but, but in terms of, like, the morality, I, you know, it, it, it's kind of, I just, I think it's really interesting because, like, where, what does, what function does morality have in the apocalypse? What function do ethics have in the apocalypse? When there are so few of us, when the fight for humanity is such a different game, 
um, I, I, I did find myself asking a lot of questions just about like what I would do in that situation and how I would feel. Um, I don't know what, like, did you feel, would you, would you go on the killing spree to save Ellie? Or do you think um, Ellie, do you think Ellie believed him? I don't think Ellie believed him, but I think that she has to tell herself that she does. Mm. You know, the question of, would you sacrifice someone you loved to save the world? I, I'm not going to say it's something I've been thinking about, but I did just finish rewatching Buffy. And that is a question that gets brought up on several occasions, Mm. notably for Buffy in season two, when she has to kill Angel, Mm. who she's in love with to save the world. And then in season five, she is challenged to kill her sister to save the world and won't do it. And then a season later, she gets to the point where she says, you know, Or two seasons later, she says, if this happened now, I would kill her to save the world. Mm. Um, Obviously, very different circumstances. Like, Buffy is, like, a character who's, like, literally been chosen by some kind of power to be, like, a warrior for good. It's like, and this is, and Joel is just, like, some guy. Um, I don't know. For me, I, it just, I think it's, like, you have to you have to take a lot on faith to even make that a realistic um, question because it's like, okay, this doctor who's doing the surgery, do I actually trust that he can take Ellie's brain and create a, 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 you know, a vaccine and actually disseminate it to the entire world and like cure the zombie virus? Like, I don't know, given everything that I've been told about this world over the last however many episodes like I don't know that that's true and like will that erase what has been done to humanity and what humanity has done to itself in the apocalypse like I don't know that a vaccine is necessarily going to save the world so why should this 14 year old girl be sacrificed for it and also like you know, Marlene says, you know, don't take this choice away from her. But, like, Ellie didn't choose this. Like, she's, you know, prepped. They they make it very clear that she's prepped for surgery not knowing that she's going to die. I'm sure maybe, like, it could have crossed her mind. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't know that she's, you know, sacrificing herself to save the world. So, I don't know. It's, like, it's the trolley problem, you know? It's just, like, a different version of the trolley problem, which, if anyone knows, is this sort of philosophical exercise about this very thing. Where it goes clang, Um, clang, clang. Clang, clang, clang with the trolley. trolley. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Went the bell. Is that how it goes? Zing, zing, zing. Went my heartstrings. Yeah. From the the moment I saw him, I fell. And the moral quandary of that idea really is about the clang. It's it's about the clang and and it's whether whether you identify as a clang or whether you identify as a ding, you know, somewhere along on that spectrum is is really is the heart of the issue. Are you a clang you know, or a ha- ding? You know I have you know I have been thinking about being Judy Garland and meet me in St. Louis for Halloween. <laughs> I love but that you're thinking wig, about Halloween wig, in March. The wig would have to be so right. It would have to be exact. You wouldn't need a wig you could just get extensions i no i wouldn't no girl i i want i want something i can take off like a hat okay as as whatever you want whatever you wish okay so like generally where do you stand on the last of us now that the season is over are you excited for season two 
obviously, I feel like there's no other response. Like, it's it's just we want more and more and more, and I, I can't really wait for more. For more. Um, so in the meantime, I've been watching The Mandalorian, which um, I, girl, like, this... Uh, this show is great. I mean, Pedro needs to take off his helmet, like, eventually, but, like... Yeah, so so people have been talking about how the show is great for about three years now. Yeah. So you are really catching up, <laughs> you know. I haven't um, heard any... You are I've, coming to the conversation very late. I don't know. I, I haven't really heard any discourse or, or anything about it. Like, no no, no fave characters. Like, yeah, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen any of that. I feel like this is, you know, a great... A great take is that the Mandalorian is good. Um, great. Um, so I don't know if um, all of you have seen this meme that's been going around of um, people defining themselves by eight albums. Yes, eight albums to get to know me. Yes. Um, Fran and I both did it. You can find our responses on our respective Twitters. But while we were recording an episode with Tommy Dorfman that will be coming out um, in a couple weeks, we asked Tommy to share eight albums that she defines herself by. And she did it very quickly on the spot. Not a lot of um, curation in the way that I did it. Girl, mine took like, I, I mean, I thought about it for like an hour. I like left it in the draft. I came back to it. Like it was kind of a, it was quite a moral quandary. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to hear Tommy's eight albums and then also some lingering thoughts she had about the Oscars. And um, yeah, we're so excited that you are listening to our first Patreon episode and you're going to get so much exciting content like this. Without further ado, here is a snippet of our convo, an exclusive snippet of our convo with Tommy Dorfman. Screech! Uh, So this is the end of your little teaser preview of our very first Patreon exclusive bonus episode. To get any more content, you're going to have to go over to patreon.com slash like a virgin and subscribe. That's patreon.com slash like a virgin. Type it right in, babies. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.